Welcome to the Logistics of Logistics, a podcast dedicated to exploring how things get places and the people who get them there. We'll talk with logistics and supply chain leaders about innovation, industry trends, and the future of the logistics business. Now, here's your host, Joe Lynch. Welcome to the Logistics of Logistics podcast. I'm not Joe Lynch. I'm Steve Elwell. You've heard me a couple of times here. And today, what we're going to do is turn the tables on Joe. He's going to be the subject of the interview questioning. We're going to get to learn a little bit more about him and where he's been and what he's done. So uh, welcome, Joe, to your own podcast. Ah, Thank you so much, Steve. This is going to be fun. I think it'll be very enlightening. <laughs> yeah, if, if the prep is any indication and the way we've screwed this up so far, it's uh, it'll be great. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be just fine. <laughs> For those of you who don't know Joe in great detail, why don't we take a step back and get a sense of where he's been, what he's done, and the things that have led him to becoming your podcast host. So my name is Joe Lynch, and I am the host of the Logistics of Logistics podcast. I'm a supply chain guy and a logistics and third-party logistics guy for many years. Where'd you get started? Well, I was born and raised in Dearborn, Michigan, right outside Detroit. Great city. I still go there a lot because my mom's there. And uh, great, great childhood. And then from there, I went off to college. I went to a school called Northwood Institute. Now it's Northwood University up in mid-Michigan, Midland, Michigan, where Dow is at. I studied business and partying mostly. But after one year, I came home because my dad owned an engineering business and he had a job for me and it was a startup and it seemed like a great, great opportunity. So I came home, started working in engineering, which really was probably not the best fit for me, but I worked in it for many years. So I worked for my dad's engineering business. We did automotive engineering. I worked for him for six, seven years, even ran it for a year while my dad had a heart attack. So I learned quickly about design engineering the business and then also being a design engineer. So first as a designer and then eventually as a design engineer. And that's just kind of where I started my career. How did that set you up and, and where did that lead to as far as uh, supply chain and logistics is concerned? Well, so I did stay in engineering on the product development side for a long time. I worked closely with Chrysler, where it kind of made the transition for me. I was a design release engineer, which, you know, you work closely with suppliers. And if you're in automotive, I always call it the biggest, baddest supply chain on earth because it's spread out. So I worked as a design engineer. Then I made the switch over to program management and I launched products, uh, Jeeps, specifically in Thailand and in China throughout the 90s. And I really loved it. And it was a cool job because we got to develop the supply chains in China that could make the parts that we needed. And so I spent a lot of time over there, learned a ton. Then I came back and started working in lean product development, which is leaning out the product development process at Chrysler. Ford was doing it. Chrysler, everyone was trying to go faster to market. So I worked in that, which led to an opportunity to do lean in supply chains. So I was leaning out, (laughs) as we used to call it, value stream mapping, whatever you call it, taking out time and cost and improving quality. You know, big companies that did work with Chrysler, which was like Magna, TRW, JCI, Yazaki, great opportunity. That's where I really found myself digging into logistics. Sure, because yeah, that's a significant chunk of the time involved in providing those parts. Also, the money as well. You find yourself all the time in automotive looking into a cost and you say, 
oh, we can do it for Mexico for this much. We can do it in the U.S. for this much. We can do it in China for this much, Korea this much. And then you find yourself doing the logistics. And I save 50 bucks by doing it in that country. Well, 50 bucks be a big saving. <laughs> 20 bucks by <laughs> doing it in Korea. But now I got to be three weeks on the ocean. So you start doing that math and you also start doing the logistics math where you're like, well, maybe it's better in Mexico. Maybe it's better here in the U.S. because we can reduce the logistics costs. So it was a great opportunity. Right up to the time that automotive melted down in 08, 09, and I found myself unemployed, really for the first time. I had always had good jobs, and I'd always kind of been dragged along. I went to school and got my undergrad, my master's at night. I never had a problem working. In 08, 09, I found myself unemployed. And kind of as luck would have it, I was recruited from LinkedIn to go to a little third-party logistics company that we did mostly LTL and truckload. And it was Desperate Straits at that time. Great company. And I was there for five years as the general manager COO. And it was a cool opportunity because we grew fast. We did great work. And I, I learned a ton. And I was able to take what I learned from being in the big automotive supply chain to the little third-party logistics company. If I remember correctly, that was kind of a turnaround slash growth situation where you, you reached in and really took it from something that wasn't performing well to something that was and grew beyond even what people thought it was capable of. It was a cool opportunity. They had a really cool product. And, you know, it wasn't just them struggling at that time. I think most companies were in a weird place. So I found the right fit, the right company, learned a ton. And I was there for five years. And then after I left there, I couldn't decide what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to stay in third-party logistics. I absolutely love the business. And so I found myself doing some digital marketing. Well, I should also say, while I was still at the logistics company I was at, I started the Logistics of Logistics as a blog. And that blog was a cool thing because all of a sudden I got a following on LinkedIn. This is before most people were blogging 10 years ago. And I built this following and I started doing some webinars. I got invited to speak at some conferences. And I was like, hey, this is cool. As a my master's in education, geared towards consulting and training. So I love the idea of educating. And um, all of a sudden, I'm speaking at conferences and doing webinars and writing articles. And I thought, this is a cool thing. So I had people say, can you help me do that? And I said, yeah, sure. But it's easier said than done to build a following and do websites and all that. But I did get into that for a while. I did some digital marketing. I guess I still do occasionally. I did a lot of sales strategy. Steve, you and I worked on some stuff together. I got into sales training. I did a lot of stuff on Food Safety Modernization Act because it was new and a lot of logistics companies were impacted. I got into a lot of different things. Completely different than operating a 3PL. I could imagine that feeling very different and also a lot, you know, very exciting because the the things that you get to do change frequently and you get to kind of go where your interest lies. Yeah, exactly. Steve, as you know, Steve's a good friend, so we've talked about this. I did some expert witness work with disputes between third-party logistics companies and the shippers they serve. That wasn't a good fit. I did it and I did well, but the whole idea of being grilled, oh, I did not like that. Nobody really enjoys being deposed by lawyers. So No, no. Because <laughs> usually if you're talking to somebody, they just want to understand more. Thinking everything they ask me, they're trying to trip me up. But I did learn a lot. I've, I've worked with a lot of 3PLs, helping them grow their sales. And I've worked with a lot of shippers, not only on the uh, legal side, but also I advise large shippers, some very, very large shippers, how to select their 3PL, 
how to manage their 3PL, and how to measure their 3PL. So I still do that kind of work, and I still do advise third-party logistics companies on how to grow their sales. I think that would make sense given the fact that the automotive supply chain is as tight and large and you know requires a, a lot of detailed management that you would understand what excellence in those areas looks like from the perspective of the shipper and having been on the service provider side, knowing how to deliver that and how to manage profitably the delivery of those services. Yeah, and there are no transactional relationships in automotive. I mean, they're big, big players. And that's what's cool. Getting that background is in operations and how to manage projects in that business has been really useful in my career. That discipline travels well. So all that led to a few years ago, two and a half, three years ago, I got a call from my friend George Muha over in New Jersey. He's a blogger, logistics blogger, great guy. We would catch up every once in a while. He'd write an article and I would promote his and he'd promote mine. And we both wrote a ton of articles, hundreds and hundreds of articles over the years. And George called me one day and said, I'd like you to be on my podcast. And I was like, your podcast? What? What are you doing? I thought it was stupid. (laughs) And I said, okay, yeah, he's a friend. I'll do this. And I thought when we did it, I thought this was cool. I I love doing it. So not too long after that, I thought I'm going to give it a shot. George knows more than I thought he did. He's a smart guy. Anyway, I started a podcast really as a way to help some of my third-party logistics companies, you know, shippers, I mean, uh, brokers and 3PLs and freight forwarders, a way to help them get seen, get heard. And I love it. It's a cool thing because I get to meet all sorts of people, collaborate with them, tell their story. There's so many people who know so much about this industry and none of us know all of it. <laughs> so no. it's so you got to get the voices heard. You got to get a platform. And what I like to think is I'm creating that platform. You know, it's an enjoyable experience to put a microphone up and sit and talk with somebody. It's certainly not solitary. Uh, anyone who's ever tried to write a blog understands pretty quickly just what's involved with that. And in this case, you get an opportunity, I think, to talk to a wider variety of people. Yeah, Steve, you've been on my podcast a number of times. You were my very first guest because I knew I could waste your day. Uh, <laughs> well, <thank> you. <laughs> <laughs> and first podcast was with you, and I think it was on entering new markets. And I remember thinking to myself when I started, like, oh, I know this is the first 10 or 15 are going to be painful to listen to in a year. But <laughs> they, they are. We're, <laughs> we, but we did it anyway. Yeah. And it has been really cool. Every week, I talk to somebody who teaches me about their business. I get to know them usually personally a little bit. And I think what's been cool about the podcast also is hearing the backstory and hearing where they grew up. A lot of people I interview have very interesting stories about where they grew up, where they went to school, a little bit about their career. And I love that. That, when I was writing blog posts or articles for magazines, I didn't get to do that. You know, usually it's about, hey, five ways to save money on your less than truckload, you know three things to look for in your freight forwarder. Those, glad I did it. It helped me learn the industry, but not always the most fun. And it can be pretty academic in some respects. I would sit in a restaurant or a bar and sip my drink and <laughs> write in my journal <laughs> or or on my laptop. Not Not the most fun stuff. You don't get the nuance that you get when you're speaking with somebody directly. Right. And the reader doesn't get the nuance the same way that a listener to a podcast does. Nope. I really enjoy doing it. The people who do my podcast, for the most part, 
love doing it. And they say, hey, people noticed, people heard me on your podcast. And I think that's the coolest thing because there's experts out there and we all know who the experts are. They speak at conferences, but those are not the only experts. A lot of experts are too busy to go to conferences. (laughs) A lot of experts are like grinding it out every day. And so I think the podcast is a great way to highlight some of the experts who are out there because there's a big difference between being an expert and being a recognized expert. My hope is that I can help you become more of a recognized expert without you having to get on a plane and fly anywhere. It's incredibly convenient. And the other part of it that I found to be very interesting is that, at least with some of the people that you've had on, they're experts who don't necessarily know they're experts because you know, they're busy with their day-to-day or they're too humble or whatever the case is. And then suddenly they start talking and out comes all these things that, you can, wow, this guy, this is something else. That is very true, Steve. It's especially true of women. There's a lot of women who will defer right away, go, oh, I, Joe, I shouldn't be on your podcast. I don't know. I don't know this. I don't know that. And I find like there's guys who are like, oh, hell yes, I know everything. Let me be on your podcast. <laughs> so I always I encourage the ladies to, Give it a shot. I think in a lot of ways, used to kind of, I'll just fade to the background, let that big mouth guys talk and really have a lot to offer. Oh, for sure. I think there's very little question about that. It's a matter of just getting people to do it. The third party logistics business, and I'll, you know, I'll define that as transportation, mostly over the road, but also planes, trains and all that stuff. And logistics and warehousing and technology and all the special services. It's a humongous space. It's growing fast. It's chaotic. It's fast. It's really changing. And so to keep up with it all is difficult. And I like to think that I'm helping people keep up with it. But there's also, I love doing podcasts on the fundamentals of stuff. Sometimes it's for me because (laughs) I just did a podcast with Doug Sartain on less than truckload. I said, let's do it on the basics. Doug's an old buddy of mine. And he said, why do you want to do the basics? I said, Doug, because it's changed so much in the last five years or so. So I love doing the basics because people, if you maybe you're great freight forward or you go, I don't know anything about less than truckload. Sure. And now suddenly it, the landscape has changed. Now these things are much more important and, and there's a need to know. So now you got to have somebody on who knows all these things. Right. And I just did a podcast with AJ Kanajau from Fulfilled and he took us through e-commerce basics. I guess I knew about e-commerce, and I think what most of us know a piece of it, right? But AJ, since he owns a fulfillment center, he knows all about e-commerce. And so just catching the basics is really cool. And then, you know, there's other people who come in and bring the advanced course. So it's it's a really been a fun thing for me to be able to tell these stories and be part of these stories. It's It's been great. Yeah. Well, I mean, you have to get both sides of it, right? I mean, people being introduced into it and uh, those people who have been in it for a while. I said, I imagine you've been able to learn a few things along the way. Oh, yeah. A few weeks ago, I think I told you this when we were prepping, I was exposed to three brand new business models that I had never heard about. And I was thinking, how cool is this? And there's all these guys who are the new entries into the business, the techies. A lot of them are from California, obviously, but technology companies seem to be popping up everywhere. And those guys, sometimes they're tech experts, but they don't know the whole business, but they're bringing a fresh new set of eyes in each case, and it's transforming the space. (laughs) The Silicon Valley techies are, you know, traditionally a long way from a freight terminal. Right. But you know what? I've said this before. Somebody said, I don't know about these tech guys. They said, look at their record. I think they're like 10 and 0. <laughs> so <laughs> when they get here, <laughs> you better learn to work with them or uh, 
adopt some of their habits because they're used to winning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> and, and so are the freight guys. <laughs> oh, yeah. I joke about it. I say this in a nice way. A lot of freight people are like insects, like you can't kill us. Because <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people have tried over the years. And continue right. to do so. right. We come from a pretty tough space. You're not going to take us easily. <laughs> not, not a chance. <laughs> right. Yeah, it, it's funny. There's somebody, kind of a famous business owner, he said, by the time that competition began, he goes, we were cockroaches. You could not take us. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I absolutely love that. So there's now these different groups of people, these tech people, some of the more traditional folks in the logistics space. They're starting to come together and it's creating some fairly interesting outcomes. What do you see as those outcomes kind of being? I mean, where do you see this whole thing going? Well, I wish I knew everything, but this is kind of my high level look at it is Technology is going to look at somewhat like what happened to stock brokerage. When the stock brokerage business was exposed to all this technology and Schwab, which was a little, you know, discount, there was a lot of changes in that anything that was an extra cost came out. So stock brokers used to charge a fortune, 400 bucks to make a trade, 400 bucks. And you look and go, not every trade's worth that much money. So I could see the same thing happening. Some transactional freight brokerage going to, you know, some of these tech startups. I could also see, kind of emerging, right? You're still going to want to have these guys who are flat out experts in managing freight. I just think the job changes. There'll be a merge. <laughs> you know, right now we speak of the tech guys, we speak of the logistics guys. In a lot of cases, they're the same people now. So <laughs> it's not one or the other. This is the same drive that comes out of the automotive to cut costs and, and be more efficient and, and not using a new set of tools. And of course, it changes the game in ways that you know, it's challenging to keep up with. Right, right. You really would have a hard time pushing out, you know, freight brokers and third-party logistics companies, freight forwarders who bring so much value. I think there's a lot of clerk work that we do where, you know, you're taking information on one system and putting it in another system. Obviously, technology is going to do a lot of that for us. So, and again, this is at the end of the day, it's still a human business. We're all still humans. We're all looking to work with humans. Except for the robot listeners. Anyone who's a robot, I did not need to <laughs> You can do, do the little puzzle at the beginning of it. I don't want to insult the robots yeah, who listen. No, certainly. <laughs> Which is really what the podcast, as far as I can tell, has become about a lot of just this particular issue. It's got so many faces, and it seems to be that topically it's dealing with that very, very frequently. Technology is great, and I'm, I'm a huge advocate like everyone else. What's interesting to me, though, is I still do advise shippers and 3PLs. And I remember being on the docks not so long ago and seeing, you know, stuff that was loaded improperly into a truck and then it moved around too much. And then when it was unloaded, it was boxes were damaged, product was damaged. And I was looking and saying, you know, as high tech as we become sometimes, little things, <laughs> the blocking and tackling is what gets you. So if you don't know how to load that truck properly and strap things down and package it correctly, all the fancy tech won't help, right? If you're not running your business right by your customers and your employees, probably there's going to be issues. No matter what you do, you can't tech your way out of that. Right. Blocking and tackling matters. The basics matter. We all want to jump to the advanced stuff. Oh, you know, the technology does this, that, that, the other thing. But sometimes a phone call when a shipment's late is more important than the system automatically notifying me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, somebody has to take ownership at some point. 
I was at a grocery store and I did the checkout with the person. And at the end, the machine said thank you to me. <laughs> the person who, who, who was there was thinking, you had to automate thank you. Oh, yeah. Well, it, well, it was very, it was done very sincerely, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I just mentioned the clerk saying, God, I'm so tired of saying thank you when people are checking out. Yeah. No, you're not a number. <laughs> Could we automate that? Yeah. You're a person and we care. <laughs> So that gives, I guess, a sense of where the industry is and where it's headed. How about the podcast? Where do you see this going? I'm really enjoying the podcast. I want to do more and uh, I want to do better. (laughs) And my hope is that I can kind of do more of the same. What I hope to do is I want to understand what the listeners want. A lot of them, as I just mentioned, really like the basics. I think they also like some of the human stories. So I'm I'm going to have some founders on to talk about the struggle they had and the success they've had founding their companies. And I'm also, you know, I want to work with guests. I want to get deeper with my guests. I want to understand what they know and if, see if we can't share that. Because I, every one of my podcasts, I need it to be good for the listeners who are trying to learn something, trying to, you know, better themselves. And it has to be good for my guests. And what I mean by that is they have to say, yeah, that was a good forum for me to share my expertise and knowledge and hopefully attract some you know, favorable attention, maybe get a sale out of it. Sure. Why not? I mean, if you're out there and you're the right sort of person doing the right sort of things, why wouldn't you want to be associated with somebody like that? And Steve, also when I do the podcast, one of the things I I copied this from Tim Ferriss and Tim Ferriss said, I want the audience to fall in love with my guest. And I was thinking, well, this is logistics and supply chain stuff. Love might be a little strong word. (laughs) I can't see everyone (laughs) falling in love with my guest. But what I'd like the audience to do is say, I like this guest. I like them. I can relate to them. I understand why Joe's talking to them because they can solve a problem I have or teach me something that I need to be taught. That's what I'm looking for. That's so, but I say every podcast, if the guest is happy and if the audience is happy, then I'm happy. In most of the businesses that I've been involved in, once you, there's almost always something of interest and something to fall in love with, but you have to scratch the surface first. And my sense of it is, is, is this podcast has been a pretty good vehicle and you've been a good guy to scratch the surface and show people some of the things that are underneath there that are of that kind of interest. And Steve, you know, what has been also so cool is um, I met the guys at Freight Waves through doing this podcast. And I think I've had five or six people from Freight Waves on my podcast. I'm going to have Mike Vincent here coming up. It was supposed to be the other day, but it'll probably be next week. I think he's executive vice president over there. That's been a cool thing. All the people out who are the other podcasters out there, I've met uh, Jamin's going to be on my podcast, Ryan Schreiber. I have a whole bunch of guys who I've met from doing the podcast that have become like friends. And it's almost like communities grow around these podcasts. And I've really enjoyed that. And I think Freight Waves has done a great job with that. They're like the sun that we all rotate around. (laughs) (laughs) And it's cool. It's a community that I felt like wasn't there a few years ago. And it's just fun to be part of it. That's kind of a cool thing, right? I mean, coming from automotive, which has been a traditionally cutthroat business and coming into a place that's much more of a community feels great. And it's an opportunity to, for everyone to do well. And you put your head on your pillow at night feeling like, you know, you did something good and it was done in a pleasant way. Yep. Yeah, there's some throats getting cut over here, too. (laughs) (laughs) Probably not the podcasters, but... (laughs) Not yet. Not yet, of course. (laughs) So, all that said, what do you think we've missed about this? Nothing. I guess I'm very thankful to be able to do the podcast. Steve, I did it really with the idea of 
just doing a little good for my customers. And it kind of grew into a, a little business for me. And I've really enjoyed that aspect of it. I can't say it enough. I've enjoyed the guests. And I've enjoyed the audience. I get all these nice emails. It's been, it's been really cool. Sometimes uh, we stumble into things that are really terrific. So, yep. On that note, I'd like to thank everybody for listening to the Logistics of Logistics podcast, where today we, we interviewed Joe Lynch. I'm Steve Elwell, and we look forward to speaking to you again later. Thanks. Yep. Steve, thank you so much for doing the podcast with me. You've been on the podcast a number of times, and people always enjoy having you on. So uh, you've been a good friend and a, a good uh, guest, and today you were a great host. Again, thanks all of you to, for listening to my podcast. Until next time on We're Upward. You've been listening to the Logistics of Logistics podcast, where we engage in conversations with experts in the logistics field. If you're an expert and would like to be featured on the Logistics of Logistics podcast, please email Joe Lynch at joe at the logisticsoflogistics.com.